Well, good morning. Welcome to Faith Community United Methodist Church. We are together in God's house. This is where we come as the body of Christ to rejoice in the one that we know who is risen, who is with us, and is always guiding us wherever we go. It is here where we also come to put ourselves before God, where we ask for the Spirit to work in us, to speak to us, and where God comes to meet us around the table. This is why we come to be here together as the body of Christ. So let us rejoice in that today. As far as our announcements go, there are quite a few that are listed in your bulletin. Please take note of all of them. A couple of things that aren't necessarily listed uh, that I, I want to mention up front um, is Kyle and Erica's uh, meet and greet with uh, myself and my wife. They have just a few spots left. There's a sign-up sheet out front. That's on Tuesday night this week at 7 o'clock. Uh, if you're interested and haven't been to any of the other meet and greets, uh, check it out. And if that's something that works out for you, uh, go ahead and sign up. Uh, also, uh, there has been some scams going on. One that went out saying that it was myself. Uh, and it is something that came through a text, uh, but it could come through email. Be aware of these things. There's a, another scam that's going around that wasn't from me, but was from someone in the church. It's not from us. It's just things that are using our identity and our names. Uh, but I want you to be aware of it. If something's coming out like that from, from this body of Christ, whether it's from the leadership or in, there's usually not something to it. Uh, so make sure you be diligent about checking things out before you uh, move forward with anything. So keep that in mind. Also, I just want to mention the Mother's Day carnations. This is the last Sunday because next Sunday's Mother's Day. So make sure you're uh, taking care of that today. And uh, one last uh, time we're going to probably uh, announce this is the Lifeline screening is coming up uh, on May 15th. There's information out on the Narthex if you want to take a, a flyer with you uh, about to sign up for that, get an appointment uh, and to be ready for uh, finding out what may be something you don't know about your physical health. And this is a way for us to be proactive. Uh, so if that's something that you're prepared to do, go ahead and get that information. And one last thing, I want to give the opportunity to my cohort in crime here today, uh, just to, for a mission moment to share a little bit. Yeah, we're going to go back to the mission moments. Uh, I want to talk just a little bit about our outreach to Bridges of Hope. Uh, I have been privileged to work with Marietta Colosi, Alice Osman, and Ruth Ann Lamb to provide a lunch for Bridges of Hope. They are now open in the daytime as well as an overnight shelter for homeless people. And if anybody is interested in working with us, uh, doing it on your own, Bridges of Hope can and would appreciate a lunch meal provided for them. That has been real successful. We have um, enjoyed doing that. They have been so grateful for the lunch that we have been able to pro provide them twice, and we're going to do it again this month as well. Now, <clears throat> the call to worship. We have some instructions, if you will notice, that it's the right side and the left side. So we're going to go your right side and your left side. When, and if you are able, 
you can stand for the call to worship. Just remember whether you're on the right or the left. Everybody got that? Come, all of you who feel lost, alienated, and alone. Right side. Left side. Christ, the strong cornerstone of our house, welcomes you. Right side. Now we are God's people. Right. Now we live and abide in God's love. Thanks be to God for God's gracious love and hospitality. Amen. Our opening hymn this morning is Sing Praise to God Who Reigns Above, which is number 126.
may be seated. And if you could join me in our opening prayer, which is printed in your bulletin, let us pray. Merciful God, your refuge and your strength, train our hearts on the words of your Son. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Feed our souls with your spiritual milk and build our very lives into spiritual houses that neither famine nor storm can shake the foundation of our faith. In the name of the Master Builder and the Living Stone, we pray. Amen. Now we have children's moments. If anybody would like to join us up front. We've got it. Wow. Yay. Anybody else coming? Oh, here comes somebody with a cute little top knot on her head. How sweet. (laughs) A couple of weeks ago, Mrs. Engel had some neat toys that she gave, allowed you kids to build a church right here. And I don't have any grandchildren that are young, so my toys are all gone. (laughs) But we're going to be talking about a living church today. So I'm going to teach you guys how to make a church using your hands. Now, some of you might already know this, but I want you to take your finger. Now you've got a church. And there's a song in our hymnal called I Am the Church. You are the church. We are the church together. All around, all who follow Jesus, all around the world, we are the church together. The church is not a building, the church is not a steeple. The church is not a resting place. The church are the people. And if you open the doors, take your thumbs, there's the people. That's the living church. Everybody out here is the church, not this building. Right, Pastor Jeff? That's right. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord for this church and the people that make the church. Thank you for these children and the families that they come from. Bless them and help this church be a living church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And I have some treats. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Now I, whoops. I think our hymn song 
is only trust him, which is number 337, or it's on the screens. Only trust Him. He will save you now. If you listen to each of those verses, it kind of you can see the journey that we take. The journey of our lives and in the midst of the world that we live in. With the understanding and the faith and belief in Jesus Christ. With that within us, we have so much more that can hold us. Hold us together to hold us in strength. Hold us in comfort. 
These are all these things that we have before us when we trust in Him. Let's go before our Lord in prayer. Amazing and gracious God, we, we want to trust you. We want to trust you with our whole lives. The Lord, as we even seen amongst your disciples, sometimes there's doubt that, that leaks in. We are your disciples now. We want to walk with you and, and talk with you and trust you in each and every moment that we encounter. Lord, we know just in this congregation here, there are folks that are looking ahead and they have things that are coming their way. It may be surgery, it may be some kind of treatment, it may just be an understanding of what's next because a job is gone, or maybe there's just a question to understanding of if this is where they want to take their life with certain decisions. There's so many different ways that we want to trust you, but we end up trusting in ourselves. Give us courage, O oh God. Courage to lean into you and to seek you out, to ask you in our prayers what you have for us. Lord, we know that we can rest in you. We just sang of these words, we can rest in you. And that's not just hanging out and lounging around with you, that is resting in you. That means giving us peace and comfort and confidence. All these things that are required to walk each day. May we not waver, but stand firm in you. Speak to each and every one of us those things that are heavy on our hearts and our minds to help us work through them. Help us to let go and celebrate those things that you are blessing us with each and every day. Allow us to see that we have joy in you. It is in you that we can see all things so much better and see the world with eyes of hope and not fear and despair. Lord, we come to you. That is where we find these things that hold us, strengthen us, and encourage us. And we do that together as the living church. The Lord, speak to us on this day and every day. Let us now share with one voice the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We have a God that does bless us. We have a God that does awaken us and open us to our surroundings. We have a God that speaks to our hearts and says, go. Go and be there as me. Be my feet, be my hands. It is through the church that these things occur in our community, and it is through our givings that these things are possible. Ushers, would you please wait upon us?
join me in this prayer dedication? Receive these gifts this morning, O God, author of every good gift. Out of the bounty of our hearts, we respond with faithful generosity and love. May these gifts become blessings for others as they have been a blessing for us. Amen. You may be seated. The gospel reading this morning comes from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 2 through 10. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good, come to him a living stone Though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight, and like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus. For it stands in Scripture, see, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. This honor, then, is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the head, the very head of the corner, and a stone that makes them stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the word, as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you, have, once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God.
shared this before, but Faith Community is my third church appointment. There is something churches have in common that I have noticed during this getting to know you stage. So many of the conversations that take place at some point or another land on the topic of the glory days of when the church was so alive. You know, those days when the church pews were full on Sunday morning, and in some cases for all three worship services. The Sunday school classes were filled with kids from every age group, from preschool to high school, not to mention that the adult classrooms, which had groups from college students and young couples to the 30-somethings and the midlifers to the empty nesters and the senior saints, the youth groups were active, filled with energy and participating in mission trips both near and far. Don't forget the potlucks and the outreach events and the church fellowship halls, the parking lot festivals and outdoor events that maybe like a movie night or anything else that may have been gathering folks in. And of course, the countless ministries meeting the needs of the church family and those less fortunate in the community. I'm sure there are things coming to mind for you right now, remembering the glory days. So many of us have grown up in the church or have been a part of it long enough that we have experienced some of what I have just described. 
Now, there's something else that I had noticed besides the glory days stories. When we look at the, the long history of any local church, there are downtimes intermixed with the glory stories. And if we look at the broader history of the global church, we will find times when the church became complacent and stagnant and along with times of growth, great growth even. One such downtime was in the 18th century when John Wesley, a priest in the Church of England, recognized the lifelessness within the church. In his quest to respond to, to what he was experiencing, he started what became known as the Methodist Movement. Maybe you've heard of it. He took the church to the streets, so to speak. He met with people where they were and had conversations with, with them, which led to him sharing his faith. The Methodist Movement grew and lay preachers literally traveled the world making its way to North America impacting so many people's lives, sharing their faith in Jesus Christ. In the 19th century, the Methodist movement was well organized into a church denomination of its own, separate from the Church of England. Wesley never had any intention of establishing another denomination. But since then, the church that formed out of the Methodist movement in the United States has been through many, many changes, splits, mergers, and offshoots. This is our history as the United Methodist Church. Ironically, the movement that John Wesley started has come full circle. The movement has moved back inside where the outside is not looking to get in and wouldn't really care if the church just went away. When John Wesley sensed the life and, and effectiveness of the church was, was waning, he turned his focus away from the, the institutional church to focus on bringing the church to life in the world. We know that the church isn't the building as we heard in our children's moments. And that we, that the people who call ourselves Christians are the church. However, our buildings seem to hold us hostage and limits the life of the church. In Peter's letter, he paints a picture of what I'm calling the living church. He explained to the early Christians who didn't have a temple, a temple for worship or a central gathering place. What gives the church life? Where do we begin? Well, it begins with each of us repenting and believing in the good news. It begins when we turn away from the selfish ways of the world ruling in our lives towards opening ourselves to the selfless ways of God forming in our lives. In the, verses, uh, in the verse preceding where we started our selection today, Peter reminded the church this. He said, rid yourselves therefore of all malice and all guile, insincerity, envy, and all slander. You see, these are self-preserving, self-promoting, and controlling vices that destroy community. These must be set aside for us to live a new life in Christ that connects us 
with the community of believers and the greater community. To rid ourselves of these vices, however, we have to fill ourselves with something else. And Peter urged, like newborn infants, long for pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Our movement to repentance comes from experiencing, as Peter says, tasting the goodness of Jesus Christ. Through this encounter with the risen Lord, we are awakened to the reality that we are selfish. And our selfish behaviors result in sin. Unfortunately, even after turning to Jesus to follow him, we are sinners. And still sin. We are like newborn infants, as Peter states, meaning we have a a lot of growth and maturing to do. To grow in Christ and to root out our sin-filled and selfish lives, we need more of the spiritual food that Jesus has to give. The life of the church is nurtured when we hunger for the transforming power and love of Jesus. Newborns, as you may know, are nearly constantly crying out for their next feeding. Naturally, they want more of what gives them life. As Christians, we need to develop this same desire to want to search for and consume the goodness of Jesus, the desire Jesus desires to generate in us. Now, newborns, in addition to having a natural hunger, instinctively know who the source of their food is. I can remember when my kids were infants, and they were hungry, and, well, they were inconsolable by me, because I was not the mama. They knew I wasn't the one who satisfied their hunger. It mattered who my children turned to to receive this life-sustaining nutrition they desired. And Peter advised the early church, saying, Come to him a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. So speaking of Jesus, Peter reminded the church that God chose Jesus as the source of life. However, we have the choice to accept life in Christ or mortality, which ends in death. If we choose mortality, then we trust in ourselves to sustain our lives and to resolve this mystery of death. If we choose life in Christ, the living stone, then by grace through faith, we are assured by the Holy Spirit that life is eternal, is everlasting. The life of the church is hope-filled when we accept that Jesus is the source of our salvation. So like infants who come to their mother to be sustained, we come to Jesus. Now, making this transition from counting on ourselves to depending on Jesus is a hard transition for for many of us, if not all of us. We like control and have a hard time releasing it to anyone. 
However, when the gospel, the gospel of Jesus, captures our hearts, and not just our, our minds, it gets easier to come to Jesus and to receive life-giving assurance. It is this assurance that gives us hope and joy that overcomes the power of fear and death that is always ready to suck the life right out of us. Jesus is our salvation. Jesus is the source of life, and he lives within us through the Holy Spirit. Now understand this. Jesus doesn't reside within our hearts just to hang out. Jesus wants to make us alive in him, in his likeness, to make us alive and viable assets to his mission and his ministry. Peter described the living church saying, like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. There are at least three roles here in this little statement that each of us as the building blocks of the church has. Our first role is to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, where Jesus shapes us as living stones. Notice the scripture says, let yourself be built into a spiritual house. We have to give permission to Jesus to form us, and we have to put ourselves in position to be shaped. Both have to happen. We, we can be a part of a small group that, that studies scripture and prays and serves together, but if we don't participate with the intent to be changed, with the intent to, to grow in Christ's likeness, then we more are like dead stone than a living stone. Second, as we are being shaped, Jesus brings us together with others to be useful for all matters of ministry, constantly molding and moving us to function according to God's purposes. Maybe you have heard of the priesthood of all believers. That's what the church is. We are a holy priesthood set apart by God to be the agents, to be agents for the Lord. We are to teach the Lord's ways, encourage, support, witness, and worship together, as well as provide a means for reconciliation and restoration of relationships with God and with each other. We do this with one another and for one another. Third, we are servants of the Lord, offering our whole selves as a resource for God's service. This is where we make sacrifices of trusting God with everything that we have, everything that we are, and willingly offer it all. Offering it all to Jesus to use us in mission and ministry. Now, Jesus knows our capacity, knows our needs, and, and will always provide us what is necessary to do whatever it is that we are asked. Our role as servants is to be available and willing. Jesus is ready to bring life to the church, to make each of us alive in him and viable to his mission and in his ministry. 
The living church comes to life when we submit to the Holy Spirit who transforms and forms us as the body of Christ. Now, the living church is dynamic. It is dynamic. Jesus is constantly shaping us for the work that is before us. We can't be rigid and resistant to the Holy Spirit's formation. We have to remain fluid to be effective in a world that is constantly changing. I encourage us all to be open to life, to the life of the church being different as we discern how Jesus may be preparing us even now to be the church in our community. Friends, the church is alive and vibrant when we are alive in Christ, when we know who we are as the body of Christ, and when we celebrate who we are and live into our identity, which Peter described like this. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So it is by God's mercy that we know Jesus, who gives us this identity and purpose. The living church is identifiable when we fulfill our roles to sustain and build the community of faith. So this, uh, the question before us is this, are we going to be a living church? I can assure you that there is life in this body of Christ. We are not on life support. However, I trust that Jesus is at work in us to give us a new vibrancy of life. A vibrancy that doesn't only make us feel more alive in Him, but a vibrancy that is contagious, bringing others to life in Christ. I know, friends, the past several years have been difficult and draining for us all. The church in general and here at Faith Community has experienced some hard times which have sapped our energy. And we don't feel as alive as we would like. The good news is Jesus is alive. We have a risen Lord and he gives life to the church. When we develop a hunger for Jesus, the source of our salvation, give the Holy Spirit permission to shape our life and work together to be the church in the community. We all, each and every one of us, are an integral part of the living church. Let's be available to Jesus to build us into a life-giving faith community. Amen. Part of coming together as the church that gives us life is this sacrament of Holy Communion. It is a place where we recognize that Jesus is present 
Now we know that every day, but in this sacrament, Jesus is with us in a special way. In the, in the Methodist Church, we call it a mystery. There are other definitions and other definitions who try to pinpoint exactly how Jesus is in these elements and with us. We like to think that there is so much we don't know about Jesus. But we know that he's with us. And when we gather together around this table, Jesus is present in a way that is palpable to us if we open ourselves, not just our minds, but our hearts to him. In your bulletin and on the screen, there is a communion prayer to prepare us for coming to this table. If you would please join with me. O oh Lord, may we who eat this bread become a people of living stones. May we who drink this cup become a people of salvation. Enrich our faith and trust as we gather together again at your table for this sacred remembrance. We confess our broken and sinful behaviors and seek forgiveness for the harm we have done and to ourselves. In these moments of communion together, may we experience the confidence of children who know they are loved and accepted completely. Amen. The Lord be with you. And lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so, with your people on earth and all company in heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night that he gave himself up for us, he took bread and gave thanks to you, broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink of it, do this in remembrance of me. And so in remember of these mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup 
Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Today we will be receiving the elements up front. The table is set for us. We will be having a station on this side of the room and a station on this side of the room. So if the folks that are helping would please come forward. Uh, we have, uh, we'll be handing you the bread and the cup up front. You can kneel if you would like to take the elements. You can take the elements as you receive them. There are uh, garbage cans on either side to display your cup. Or you can return to your seats and have a moment of silence if that's what you want to do before you take the elements and take them at that time. And there are garbage cans at, on the exit as well if you want to do uh, that way. is gluten-free. If anyone needs it, just let us know and we'll have that available. The table has been set. Come as the ushers lead you. If you need us to come to you, let the ushers know if you are unable to come forward.
Let us pray. Gracious and merciful God, we are grateful that you have invited us in to be in fellowship with you in a way that is beyond understanding. May we, as we have taken in these elements, understand how much you are in us, that you are bringing us life each and every day. Amen. Please stand for our final hymn, Victory in Jesus, number 370.
We come to him, Jesus, and understand that we are alive in him. We also need to understand that we are not just alive in him alone. We are alive in him as the body of Christ, the living church. Let us inspire one another as we are inspired to live a life that is one that is light to the world around us. Go in peace in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.